1: Welcome back. This is MPB's Season Pass on Think Radio with producer Liz Gill. I'm Jay White. Thank you so much for listening. On today's show, we'll speak with former Ole Miss baseball coach and Yankees player Jake Gibbs. And from the state games of Mississippi, Kralisha Giannakas will tell us what athletes can compete, where and when, and what volunteers they need, if you'd be interested in that. But up first... We've invited onto the show former MPB producer, former MPB season past producer, um, Sam Wells. Last year, he moved on to work with the uh, Mississippi Special Olympics, and we're glad to have him back on the program. But too good to come in studio. No, I'm just joking. I'm totally joking. Sam, what's <laughs> going on, man? <laughs>
2: Jay, I'm actually on the way to the coast. We have uh, we have planning meetings with these uh, for these state games at Keesler Air Force Base that we go down every other week, and this is the every other week. So that's the uh, that's the reason I'm not in studio with you guys. So it's right. good to be on. Thank y'all for having me.
1: Absolutely, I got you. I know they play a, a big role in what you guys do, and and uh, we're glad about that. But uh, I'm sure a lot of people know that uh, the the sister of uh, President Kennedy started the Special Olympics in the U.S. Uh, a long, long time ago. Now, but when did it first get rolling in Mississippi?
2: Uh, Jay, it actually started uh, the same year that it started nationally in 1968. Wow. This is the 50th year of the Special Olympics. This is a huge uh, next three months for uh, for us here in Mississippi and this organization as a whole. Um, we have our state games, which is the biggest event that we put on here in the state of Mississippi, uh, in a couple of weeks, May 11th through the 13th. At Keesler Air Force Base. If anyone would like to volunteer for this, uh, we have uh, 19 sports. You can tell us what sports you like tennis, track and field, swimming, uh, powerlifting. Uh, there's a whole li- list of them. Uh, you would just need to email, and I'm going to give you the email address, but it's kind of long, so prepare your skin. <laughs> it's it's SG Volunteers at Special olympicsms.org
1: all right, so the good news is is that you know we this this show will be a podcast and it will be yes. uh, on our page on the mpbonline.org org website, audio on demand. So if you missed that yes. and you want to go back and catch it, there's uh, multiple ways that you can listen back to the show and you can get that email yes. again. And we'll and have the information I will say, on the I will page. Say it,
2: yes, yes, and I'll <laughs> say it again before we uh, before we stop. But what I was saying was this is a, a huge next three months for this organization and uh, uh, as a, on a local level and on a national level, we'll have our games at Keesler May 11th through the third. Uh, then we are sending a team of 32 uh, athletes uh, eight coaches a, a caddy for our golf team uh, for our golfers as well uh, as well as us here uh, at the state office to Seattle Washington uh, to compete under the uh, under the banner of Mississippi for the uh, 2018 Special Olympics USA game that'll be July 1st through the 7th that's awesome and then the 50th anniversary of the Special Olympics Uh, Their first games ever, uh, which was at Soldier Field in Chicago, Illinois, on on, uh, July 20th, uh, 1968. We'll do the 50th anniversary of that at Soldier Field on July 20th here. So, oh, very uh, cool. in, in, in Chicago, not here. But uh, yeah. it'll be uh, it's a, an incredible next uh, three months for the for like I said for the national organization and for us. But we're real excited about our summer games. It's the it's the biggest event we do, uh, and uh, we could not do it. You're exactly right without the uh, the help at Keesler Air Force Base. So they uh, they basically open the base uh, to our athletes, to our volunteers, to our coaches, to our fans, to our families. Uh, for the whole weekend, and it's uh, it's a quite a special a special event, and it's really it's it's incredible. So, like I said, if you guys uh, out there listening want to volunteer, we need all the volunteers we can get. It's S G volunteers at Special Olympics ms.org. We're trying to. I'm working on shortening that uh, website address, Jay, for next
1: year. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you do a Gmail. You could forward those two or something like that. No, I'm just joking. Oh man! All right. So, how many athletes participate in the Mississippi Special Olympics? Would you say, if you had to guess? Uh,
2: well, we have we uh, serve around 4,500 athletes across the state of Mississippi, uh, but we could do so much more, Jay. There's 75,000 people in the state that are that suffer from intellectual uh, from an interle- intellectual disability. Uh, so uh, there are five of us here at the state office trying to trying to rope all those uh, all those folks in and get them, uh, get them to our event. We ha- uh, actually will have a, uh, a local area games tomorrow in Cleveland. We have local areas across the state of Mississippi. We have 17 areas uh, the state's divided up, um, and you can check those out on our website, specialolympicsms.org. Uh, those are headed uh, and led by volunteers. Volunteers are our area directors. Uh, they do not get paid the only people that uh, are paid uh, staff for this organization are the people that work are the five people that work at the state office. the other folks do it out of the uh, out of the sheer goodness of their of their hearts or some sort of uh, connection with Special Olympics maybe their' their child or someone they know is uh, has an intellectual disability and they've gotten involved that way so uh, it's quite a it's quite an organization to uh, basically rely on many uh, solely on volunteers just about so uh, it's, uh, it's 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 growing and it has grown, you know, since its inception in 1968.
1: That's pretty amazing. Five people responsible for putting together, what did you say, 4,500? That's a... Yeah,
2: yeah, a 4,500 athletes. Uh, that's a tall ratio. Uh, yeah, probably about 5,000 <laughs> volunteers and uh, uh, as well, too, and then all the coaches that come as well. So uh, it's a big... It's a big to do. So, so
1: how uh, how do you fi- do? Do the athletes do they come to uh, the uh, the Special Olympics, or does Special Olympics have a way to find the athletes?
2: Well, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of initiatives here with the organization, Jay. They ha- they ha- we have something called Young Athletes, where uh, we go into schools, uh, kind of like the Little Lighthouse uh, here in the uh, in the Jackson Metro area, um, and try to get them involved in sports, and you know. Uh, in developing their motor skills early like that, uh, you're can't. you you're not really allowed to sign up for a particular sport until uh, until the age of eight. Um, so uh, Special Olympics, it's big to go into... We, we have a, a thing called Unified Champion Schools, too, Jay, where we try to get into the school system, the public schools and the private schools around the state of Mississippi to, to get in uh, with some of those special education uh, professionals to see who is enrolled in their classes and who would like to participate with Special Olympics. But if you Hear of anyone or know of anyone who might want to participate and hasn't heard of us uh, or, or gotten involved yet? You can definitely go to our website and fill out a uh, and fill out a form, and it comes right back to us, and we'll get in touch with them and get them hooked up with their area director and uh, and have them uh, get them into a sport and try to get them to Keesler Air Force Base. You have to actually. You have to actually qualify to get to Keesler. We're not just handing out medals over here. So there you go. <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta win and and uh, and climb the ladder to get there. So uh, it'll be the best of the best in the state of Mississippi for Special Olympics Mississippi coming to Keysler too. So uh, and they. And they qualify for that stuff, Jayla, as I said, at their local area. So that's why tomorrow's local area games in Cleveland are so big. We had local area games here in at Pearl High School for the uh, the Capital Region uh, last week. It's been kind of hectic with the rain and stuff across the state. Some of them yeah. have been postponed and, and had to be moved from day to day. So, uh, But everybody's pretty fired up about the event next weekend. Or, excuse me, in two weeks.
1: Yeah. So uh, what about volunteers? What are some of the ways that uh, volunteers uh, make things happen for you guys? And, and what are the opportunities for people who might uh, want to volunteer?
2: If you want to do anything anything you could possibly think of, Jay, if you want to time folks uh, running a, run a track meter swimming a race, you can definitely do that. Uh, we need uh, umpires. We need... Um, cooks, uh, <laughs> pretty much anything and everything you can possibly think of. But if you uh, if you like a particular sport, uh, you are more than w- uh, welcome to visit our website, specialolympicsms.org and try to and sign up uh, and mention the sport. Now, if we have a place for you at the track and field event, and you like track and field, we'll try to stick you there, but if not, then uh, we'll put you everywhere else. And sometimes people uh, get lucky and uh, are able to hand out medals, and that's one of the more rewarding and more fun uh, things to do with yeah. uh, with our organization. But, uh, yeah, how you get involved is just go to SpecialOlympicsMS.org, and then there's a tab at the top that says volunteers. Or if you'd like to volunteer and head on down to Keesler Air Force Base uh, on May 11th through the 13th, you'll email that. We have to go through the military base due to military protocols. That's why we uh, have to do it this way for the summer games but uh it's uh, sg volunteers at special olympics org. that's how you sign up for volunteering at the uh at the state games in a couple of weeks
1: i well, don't want to mess with military protocol
2: no no can't, can't do it
1: <laughs> so basically uh as long as you um as long as you have it in your heart that you want to volunteer uh and and you contact uh special olympics mississippi y'all gonna find a place for everybody right
2: oh yeah most certainly we'll find you uh we'll find Find you something to do, and we'll try to make sure it's something uh, that you like doing. As I said, if you are if you have a passion for a particular sport like uh, you do with baseball, we don't have a baseball we don't have baseball per se, but there's definitely softball uh, uh, leagues and softball teams. That compete across the state, so we'll try to stick you with. Uh, we'll try to get you involved with them and, and uh, at your local level. And if uh, hey, if you're around and can do it at the, our fall games is where we do our softball. So uh, if you could do it, then we try to get you down there to do that. So we uh, we have spots for any and everyone that wants to participate and help us out and and come and uh, make these games as special as they possibly can for our athletes.
1: All right. So also, if if I mean it, it takes money to put these things on, so if somebody not, doesn't necessarily want to get out and volunteer, maybe can't get away. Way or get out of town or, or find the time, you know, to break away from the everyday. How can they financially support?
2: Uh, Jay, you can, again. You can go to our you can go to our website. There's a donate tab on there. Uh, you can also. Call our office. Uh, it's 601 six zero one four nine nine zero two seven four, and we are working diligently to get ourselves an online giving platform that folks can go to. Uh, and uh, like you guys have an MPV with the sustaining uh, with the <laughs> yeah. sustaining members and stuff like that. We're trying to we're trying to follow suit with that over here and do that as well. So uh, there, is, as I said, though you can definitely give our office a call. Uh, but we have a donate tab on our website. If you go there, uh, Special Olympics MS o r g you
1: right up. All right, Sam, uh, man, I appreciate the time today. You guys, stay tuned. We got Jay Gibbs coming up.
2: Yeah, no, I told. Uh, I was talking to Liz yesterday. I'm honored to be uh to lead to be the lead in for the Ole Miss Legend. That's Great.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, that's and he was he was fascinating to talk to, and then even after the interview, uh, following up on some of the stories he told and just looking at the life that he's lived as an athlete i mean he's lived about 15 lifetimes as an athlete uh it, oh, it's pretty it's crazy an incredible story it is yeah he's got an
2: incredible story
1: sam thank you so much man i, I really do appreciate uh, talking to you again and coming on and tell us about uh special olympics mississippi i'll be careful going down
2: all right, Jay. Thanks a lot. Thanks for
1: having us. Absolutely. There you go. All right. That's Sam Wells with uh, Special Olympics Mississippi. And, again, uh, the, the email to contact them, website information, everything else. That will be um, – you can listen to it again on our podcast. Um, and then also we'll have audio on demand. And on the show page for this specific show, uh, we'll have that information uh, listed there as well. MPBonline.org is our website. All right. Hey, when we come back, we're going to be speaking with a Mississippi Sports Hall of Famer, uh, an SEC football player of the year, a member of a world championship Yankees, New York Yankees team. Uh, a, a guy who was named an SEC football legend, a guy who was the head baseball coach for Ole Miss for 18 years and took him to the College World Series, a guy hired by George Steinbrenner to manage a minor league team for the Yankees and the first professional manager for a guy named Derek Jeter. Also, he was teammates in college in football with A.J. Holloway, the guy who was the mayor of Biloxi. During Hurricane Katrina that's just some of the stuff that Jake Gibbs has been involved with in his life he has a fascinating story and he has lived he has lived an absolutely incredible sports life we have a conversation with him coming up right after this break you're listening to MPB season pass on think radio Welcome back. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with producer Liz Gill. I'm Jay White. Our next guest is a Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame member, an All-SEC football player in 59 and 60, an All-SEC baseball player in 59, 60 and 61, was drafted to two pro football leagues, signed a $100,000 bonus contract with the New York Yankees, and played on uh, some of the most uh, um, most popular, notorious, maybe even uh, teams in the history of Major League Baseball, Jake Gibbs on the show with us, Grenada native. Uh, what do I call you? Do I call you Mr. Gibbs? I call you Coach? You've done a whole bunch of things. What? How should I address you?
3: Well, you can call me Jake. And, uh, <laughs> played in the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame on Monday, and I was playing with a bunch of guys out in Monroe, Louisiana, and they was calling me Mr. and whatever, and I said, just call me Jake. In baseball, you call your people by the first name.
1: Gotcha. Absolutely. They call you Gibby or something? It seems like everybody, they...
3: Uh, some they, people just call me Gibby. Yeah, that's true. But uh, most people just call me Jake.
1: Right, right. Um, you were Mississippi's first college athlete to earn All-American honors in two different sports, baseball in football. How did you go about preparing for that in high school? What what how many different sports did you play? What did you focus on?
3: Well, I guess I've just gifted uh, the good Lord gave me some ability to uh, I guess move my feet and run a little bit. I just I was always a kind of, I wasn't very big coming up through school and I like sports. Uh, I happened to grow up in a town in Grenada, Mississippi that uh, had a good high school and, and foot baseball program and then we had a semi-pro baseball team in Grenada and I didn't miss a game and I would go at, at an early age when I was probably 10, 12 years old and watch watch the semi-pro guys play and it was good and my brother and I would go back the next morning and get in the yard and we would roll the ball and we would uh, pretend we was uh, maybe the shortstop that we had seen the night before and we just would just work on things.
1: Yeah, This year um, yeah, we've, we've spoken with uh, Billy Ray Adams and Warner Alford that were part of that great era of Ole Miss football late 50s, early 1960s, and that the, the 59 and 60 teams that are both regarded as you know, maybe two of the, the 10 best teams in the, the history of college football. I've, I've asked both of them this, and I'll ask it uh, the same to you. Did you know how special that team was while you were in the midst of playing, or was it just you being a, a college uh, student who was playing football at Ole Miss?
3: Uh, well, no, we, I don't think we thought that much about it. We knew we was a good football team. Yeah, It was, um, we, you know, we played for a great coach up here in Johnny Vaught. He had an outstanding coaching staff, and we had guys that came from different little small towns in Mississippi. Most of of guys were from Mississippi. Uh, we had a couple from Arkansas and Alabama, but uh, most of them Mississippi guys, we just came up here and, you know, most of us wanted, if we didn't have a football scholarship, we probably couldn't come to college. So it was uh, one of those days that you had a, a free ride if you got a full scholarship to play football. Then, of course, uh, as me concerned, I asked them if I could play baseball too. They said yes. So <laughs> that was good. But no, getting back to the teams, uh, my freshman year, we, we, we played three, three games and we we lost all three games as a freshman. Then my sophomore year, we won, I think, out uh, of 10. But it was, uh, and, and got into the 59 team where we had two ball clubs. We had two teams. The first team the second team could play with anybody. So we was gifted to have some good athletes up here, and, and we all got along. There was no bickering arguing, Oregon, no uh, prima donnas. It was just good uh, guys that enjoyed being around one another, had a great coach of staff, and we just, we played football. We didn't think about anything. Yet. We just yeah. played
1: football. In uh, in 1961, for folks um, who who don't know the the national the National Football League eventually was the uh, a merging of two pro football leagues: the American Football League and the National Football League. Before that, they were separate leagues that were competing with one another. and In 1961, you were drafted by the Houston Oilers in the AFL and the Cleveland Browns of the NFL, and also the New York Yankees were pursuing you to uh, to to choose a baseball career. thats Man, for a, for a guy at such a young age, that's a lot to digest and make a decision that could change the path of the or would change the path of the rest of your life.
3: Well, it wouldn't. It was a decision to make. When you're playing, When in those days when I was playing, I didn't think about pro football. I did think about pro baseball because as a kid I used to dream about playing in the big leagues. and I would listen to uh, on the radio and, and most of the time it was the Yankees playing the teacher short Tigers, and I was just saying, boy, how wonderful it was to play in the big leagues one day, so I, I thought about that from an early age. As far as football, I just, uh, I was like 5'10", 160 when I signed a scholarship to come to O. M. S. so I knew that I had to get bigger and stronger probably to play football, but anyway, I didn't think about it when I was in college, and after the senior year, which we played in 59 and 60, both years were great, great years. I got a call one night, uh, probably in February, from the Philadelphia at the Eagles, uh, Norm Van Brocklin had just retired from the Eagles and this coach was calling me from the Eagles saying that they were thinking about drafting me number one and at number one as a quarterback in the first round and uh, they said what well, you think about that? I said well that's, that's nice but uh, I've got baseball season coming up <laughs> in the spring, and he said baseball? He didn't know I played baseball. I said yeah I got to play baseball too and before he hung up he said well maybe we'll try to pick you up in the later rounds and I realized then that <laughs> I was maybe talking too much, <laughs> but uh, that's how it came about with the Cleveland Browns and the orders because I think word had gotten out that I was leaning towards baseball, which I was.
1: Well, you signed a contract with the New York Yankees, a hundred thousand dollars signing bonus in 1961 is like I don't know eighty dollars in, in today's uh, in today's money. <laughs> what was it like signing that contract and? Seeing that number on it, and uh, and and still, uh, again, being the age you were, and in, in what part of life you were.
3: I mean, I take it back a little step further. I was uh, Milwaukee Braves came down that summer before my senior, year, and it ought to be the same kind of money, and we turned it down, and and because we told him that uh, that I wanted to get a college education. Ole Miss gave me an education. I want to fulfill my contract, and uh, if I didn't get hurt, then I would make a choice. So I went back to Ole Miss and played my senior year of football, which was. Decision I ever made. Yes, that was a lot of money, but you know, uh, I figured if I didn't get hurt, that money might be there again. So when I did get that contract with the Yankees, and in those days everybody was a free agent, you didn't have draft choices. Yeah, uh, I had the, the, the Dodgers pursuing me and the Cubs and the and the uh, Houston Code Forty Fives, and they all made me a good offer, but I, I chose the Yankees because they was the history, the tradition of the Yankees. Absolutely, the one, uh, if I've compared. Yankees with Ole Miss <clears throat> and I said if I'm good enough I'll make the Yankees if I'm not maybe they'll trade me or I'll come back on and be a coach somewhere but uh, yeah it was a lot of money it was more money than we've ever seen in my life and uh, we spread it out over a period of five years and that time the R.A.S. will let you spread it over five years that's what I did Yeah. so yeah so it was it was a nice thing and it, it got you uh, got you up there pretty quick pretty quick
1: <laughs> I'll say so
3: <clears throat> I'll tell you a little story when I was a senior in football we were six and zero and went down and played Tulane. And I told you that story a while ago about the Braves off me hundred thousand dollars that summer. Well, found out that Milwaukee Braves, yeah, Milwaukee Braves. They saw me play every football game that year. Wow! And and that ball game against Tulane, we were six and zero and we were rated number one team in the nation. And by the second quarter, I guess it was, I, I sprinted out on a pass and their tackle hit me and drove my shoulder into the ground. And when it did, it just it seemed like a ball of fire came out of it and I got up and started running towards the sideline and I tell people I said I could see those dollar bills flying away <laughs> <laughs> I thought I told my we showed up so Doc Knight was out training I said Doc Rupp put some of that atomic bomb on my shoulder and he did and I put my pads back on and I said Coach Vaughn I'm ready he, I went back in and the first play I called was a pass to Johnny Brewer and he caught the ball and my shoulder didn't hurt so anyway that was a story that, mm. I, knew that brave, I knew that Brave scout was up in the stand and he said oh Oh, God, Jake done up his
1: shoulder. My goodness, what what did Coach Vault think about? I mean, obviously, by your senior year, you came back to play again, and I mean, I, I would assume that it would have been pretty common knowledge that you had a, you had a career in front of you in baseball if you wanted to take it. And as you mentioned, that was it was well, well known that you were leaning that way. What did Coach Vault? Did he take that into account in, in in any kind of way that he handled you or anything like that?
3: No, I tell you the truth, I didn't tell anybody about that story. Okay, Mr. John. Mc- Hell! when he left, I said, I'm not going to say anything about that. You know, I didn't want that published kind of guy. So I just kept it. Between my mother and daddy and me, we kept it quiet until I didn't even, nobody at Ole Miss knew it until some years later. I never let that be known that I turned down that kind of money Yeah, come back to Ole Miss. I just kept it to myself.
1: Right. Absolutely. Um, So drafted by the Yankees. And uh, for people who don't know, specifically around 1961, the Yankees were rather decent. Um, they, they basically were the team that came on TV every time. Uh, they won the World Series more times than they, did, than they didn't. Um, and so you're signed to the Blue Blood uh, franchise, still is, of Major League Baseball. Um, you're playing in a, in a system uh, where you know the guys on the team, Yogi Berra, Mickey Mantle, Whitey Ford, Roger Maris, the, the people that a lot of people have heard of, uh, household names, uh, transcendent of the sport. You're in that system, and uh, you're, you're moving up the system going toward playing for the New York Yankees. When you get the call, and you are part of the Yankees team, and you you go up to New York City, and you're you're a, a New York Yankee, what did that mean to you? How did that feel, that experience?
3: Well, you, you have to experience yourself to really understand the true man and the true spirit. I didn't know what to expect, really. I knew that uh, I had gone to New York. York when I made All-American in football and went up there for the Ed Sullivan show so that was my only time in New York but getting on that plane with Roy Hamey and uh, he was a gentleman out of the Yankees and going back uh, at the 26th of May I guess it was and I didn't think too much about it until I got about 30 minutes from New York and I started thinking I said God about an hour and a half I'm going I'm going to be walking into that Yankee locker room and I started getting nervous and I got shaky and you know I Know how to react, what I, you know, just stay, stay calm, whatever. So you know, when we got off the plane and and, and, and we went in, and my first walk into Yankee Stadium in that locker room, it was like you can't believe it. It's just like God, this what you, you dream about this. Yeah. And Ralph Out came over, and, and Mickey came over, and we shook hands, and and Moose Cowan came over, and he said he said, Jake, I was a rookie many years ago, and said these guys are really good players, and Moose really made me. Fell at home, then Whitey came over, Yogi came over. I mean, I mean, the whole club out just just took me in the arms the first day. and you you don't know how to experience that until you're there and see it. Right. So when I walked in that when I walked in that Yankee locker room, and the five minutes I knew I had made the right choice. What helped me more than anything was that I went up and I stayed eleven days with the Yankees before they sent me down to Richmond, which is AAA. So in eleven days, I got to know Roger and Mickey and Yogi. In, wide in, uh, and you talking about the '61 team uh, that that infield of Cleet Boyer, Tony Kubek, Bobby Richards, and Moose Gowen goes down probably as the best infield ever yeah. in the big leagues. And 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 see those guys play every day for eleven days and get to know and meet them and go out and have dinner with them at night and it was just you cannot believe it uh, until you experience it. What I went through and the main thing was they made me feel part of. And that when when they you have that feeling you get more relaxed than you do you're not tight you're not tensioned up uh, you feel like that hey these guys are really good people and they're glad I'm here and they would work with you and talk to you so it was it was a great great experience I'll never forget when I signed was in sixty one they wanted they they you know they wanted sixty one and nineteen sixty two I spent the whole year in AAA at Richmond shortstop they called me up at the end of the year uh, I was there when they when we won independent in Minnesota, and 63, they, they called me up, 64, they called me up. So I was, I experienced when they was playing, winning pennants and winning World Series. Yeah. So then, and when they got, when I went up in June of '65, we were still a pretty good ball club. We lost, we lost our power except for Mickey, and then Mickey started playing some first base, you know. Roger Maris got traded to St. Louis after 60, after 67 year, I guess. He played 67, 68 with St. Louis. So we lost we lost our firepower. In those years from 66 on to 71, we had a pretty good defense, and we had pretty good pitching, but we didn't have the, the power that the Yankees was noted for. Yeah.
1: In, in 71, you left Major League Baseball, you went back to Ole Miss and immediately was in as the the head baseball coach, right? Right. Yeah. So w- within a year of being named the coach, you guys make the seventy two College World Series. Uh, what was it like uh, that that process of you know molding the Ole Miss baseball program and and um, you know what were your objectives when you got there with Ole Miss baseball?
3: You know, being an Ole Miss man, and and uh, I made that decision back in June of uh, of seventy one. Ole Miss called me, and we had a new. AD and a new football coach and, and uh, he called me one, and said our baseball coach and re- head football recruiter was going to retire in July I said we would like for you to come back and take his position and so having my three boys um, they was 8, 5, and 2 when I made that decision and I really really, yeah, I love baseball I love playing baseball and, and but I made a decision to take the job at Ole Miss uh, to come back and raise my family here and probably the best decision I've ever made but uh, far the seventy-two baseball team. You know, I really didn't know who I had because when I came back as a football recruiter, I didn't even meet my baseball team until the spring, and I didn't know really what I had. I knew that they would coming off of a losing season, and it just—it was a season that everything just fell into place. We pulled the right shots, I guess. We got to know the guys, and hey, we just—we just told them just go out and play baseball and have fun, and and uh, that's what he did, and they came together. And matter of fact, those that seventy-two baseball team, my players, uh, we had a little dedication here in September for me, and about 8 of the 10 of those 72 players showed up. So wow. That team has stayed together ever since 72, those guys did. We get together pretty often.
1: I'm thinking that in the timeline, you came back to Ole Miss as the baseball coach just after Archie Manning had left to go play football in the NFL. What did you hear about him as a baseball player?
3: In 1965, Coach Vault asked me to come back and work with his quarterbacks, which I did in six. 65, and I did through 1970. When I got through playing with the Yankees every year, I would come back to my hometown of Grenada, Mississippi, and I usually get there on a Friday or Saturday, and that Monday, I started going, commuting back and forth from Oxford to Grenada, which is 50 miles, and I coached the quarterbacks for 65 through, I didn't coach them, I worked with them, and and uh, he wanted me to come back. Archie came to us in 67, so I had Archie in 67, 68, 69, and 70 for four years, and Archie was a short he, he started as a shortstop as a sophomore. So I knew he was a good, he was like six, three and a half, one hundred sixty 160 pounds. And his junior year, his junior year, he was the starting shortstop and I think got drafted by the White Sox, I believe in the third round. So that's how good he was as a shortstop. And, I, I, you know, Thurman Munson was catching most of the games in 70, uh, in the summer of 70. Ralph Howe came out of the dugout one day and said, Jake, come here, come here. I said, my God, Thurman must be hurt. I'm going to catch Day, so I get to the first base he says, uh, now don't get nervous because Ralph knew I was coaching quarterbacks at Ole Miss. He said, don't get nervous, but said, the White Sox have drafted Archie and went down and signed him. You're not going to have Archie for his senior year. And I said, Ralph, it's no time to be joking about this. He said, I'm not joking. Uh, the general manager was behind the batting cage and I went right straight to him. Ed Short, I think. And I said, Ed, what's this story that y'all have gone down and signed Archie? And he looked at me and said, Jake, he said, I'm going to tell you what. He said, we like Archie. We think he's a baseball prospect. And I I looked at him. I said, let me tell you something. Uh Uh-oh. If if you go down there and sign Archie Manning and he can't play football his last year of college, I said, you won't be allowed back in the state of (laughs) Mississippi again." (laughs) <laughs>
4: that's great
3: he looked, he looked at me he said i said archie is mr O football at old miss and said and archie of course wouldn't think anything about going to baseball he wanted to play football anyway yeah but that's that's a true story
1: well coach you've lived about five lifetimes in the time you've been on this earth that's pretty incredible to hear your story
3: <laughs> well i'm soon gonna be 80 so i've been around a few years <laughs> and
1: th- thank you so much uh coach for your time and and talking to us about uh, all the different things that you know, you've been able to accomplish and, 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 and be around and be a part of. Uh, and uh, congratulations on your uh, Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame membership and and all the best to
3: you. I appreciate it very much. Enjoy talking to you this morning.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. That's Jake Gibbs. Uh, again, when you try to reset who Jake Gibbs is, I don't even know where to start, where to begin what to try to cut and leave out to not make his intro or outro like seven minutes uh but uh uh, great stuff from him, and he, he has he has been through most of it all and seen almost all of it at some point in his career or another, football and baseball, both in Mississippi and around the country. When we come back, we'll speak with Kralisha Giannakis from the State Games of Mississippi. She'll tell us what sporting events are available, who can compete, where and when, and what volunteers they need. I'm Jay White, along with Liz Gill. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio.
5: this interview we invite you to go to our website mpbonline.org slash season pass to hear more interviews with mississippi sports hall of fame members
1: Welcome back. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with Liz Gill. I'm Jay White. The state games of Mississippi are coming up. It's a way for Mississippians to have friendly, or not so, athletic competitions. And we welcome to the show now, Kralisha Giannakis. And I hope I'm saying Hi, that right.
6: Jay. Hey, You are good... saying it perfectly. Oh, Kudos.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Well, <laughs> they say a squirrel finds a nut every now and then. So, uh, usually I blow Bye. the names to smithereens. But I'm glad I got it right. So, tell us about and thanks for coming on this morning. Tell us about the state games of Mississippi. When did this, when did this start.
6: Oh, we're gearing up for a really exciting year. I'm very excited about it. We've got three new sports that we've added, so we have a total of 42 sports this year. We've added a youth baseball that's non-sanctioned, an adult soccer tournament, and a firefighter challenge. Wow. The registration opened this Monday, so, I mean, it's time to start getting those registration forms in and get moving on these sports.
1: Wow, so that's awesome. The the, the firefighter challenge, that sounds pretty incredible right there.
6: Yeah, Uh, it really is. It's uh, similar to an Ironman challenge, but of course, firefighters
1: doing it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What are what are some of the most popular sports that you have, the ones that you get the most uh, response to?
6: Well, our biggest sport headquartered here in Meridian, which is where my office is, is the, um, the soccer tournament that we host. The same weekend of opening ceremonies, which is hosted on June 15th, a Friday night, and the soccer tournament runs June 16th and 17th. We also have youth archery competition, which, you know, statewide archery is becoming Huge here in Mississippi. Yeah, the numbers are just growing and growing and growing. I was just at the state archery competition in Jackson a couple of weeks ago. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids out there.
1: How about that? Real talented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so where are the state games, or I should say, where all are the state games held?
6: Well, are hosted statewide. As I mentioned earlier, we are headquartered here in Meridian, mm-hmm. but they're not the state games of Meridian. They're of Mississippi. So this weekend, this Sunday, we're hosting canoe, kayak, and stand-up paddleboard in Gulfport, Mississippi. We also host a disc golf competition in Hattiesburg. We have fencing in Oxford. We have mountain bikes that's in Jackson, and we have a baseball tournament in Jackson. We have stickball, if you've ever heard of stickball, mm-hmm. in Philadelphia, Mississippi. We've got a lot going on, a
1: lot. So, uh- you mentioned uh, registration for all of this starts on Monday.
6: It's yeah, we opened up on Monday. You can go to our website to register online, and that address is stategamesofms.org. You can download registration forms there and mail them in, or you can register online, which you know most people prefer to do now. But yeah, you know, we've we've made it really easy. We've already got registrations pouring in, and we're looking forward to more participants this year.
1: How or at all is it connected to the uh, United States Olympic? Uh organization. Right.
6: Right. We're sanctioned by the National Olympic Organization, by the U.S. Olympics, but we're also under the umbrella of the National Congress of State Games. We are not the only state that hosts a state game. There are 37 other sports, or excuse me, other states across the United States with the National Congress. So we have to go by certain guidelines with them and with the Olympic Committee where we have, and don't quote me on the percentage what it is, but (laughs) we have to (laughs) have a certain percentage of actual Olympic-style sports such as track and field, you know, things like that, swimming, whatnot. But you know we can go rogue every once in a while with a firefighter challenge.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so we if like uh, keep it
6: fun and keep it interesting.
1: Absolutely. Um, do you are you accepting or do you accept volunteers to work your events and things like that?
6: absolutely we are a staff of four people and we do bring in some interns we have a lead intern and then four other interns that come along with her during the summer events but we have a lot of volunteers that come through Um, we have a volunteer form that's available on our website as well and it lists the dates and the sports and you can pick what you're particularly interested in and then we'll get you placed there as we need it
1: so uh what's what's your favorite part of of working for the state games
6: part of working for the state games is watching all the children competing and every once in a while you see a whole family that's involved. Um, I know for instance when I go down this weekend to Gulf Fort for canoe kayak we have a grandson, a father and a grandfather wow. who all compete.
1: That's really awesome. He
6: start, the, the boy started when he was five years old, so this will be, I think, his third year to compete. Yeah, I mean, it's just really neat to watch the generations working together and have some good, friendly competition. You mentioned earlier that sometimes, yeah, it can get a little ugly. It's sports, but, you know, overall, <laughs> it's, about, it's about the health and fitness, you know, of our participants in the state of Mississippi. You know that, you know, it's an issue. So that's one of the things that we like to promote is health and fitness in Mississippi. So it's it's really interesting to watch and, you know, have some fun, come out and, you know, possibly win a medal.
1: So that's interesting. Are there any kind of age restrictions on the bottom or top half for, for who can enter into the games?
6: Well, it varies by sports. I mm-hmm. mean, we have something for all ages, but it does vary. We have, for instance, youth swimming, and then we have master swimming. I mean, we do have youth baseball, but we have an adult soccer competition. Um, so, you know, it just it runs the gamut and depends on the sports. And all of our sports are listed on the site, and we have all the rules and regulations there as well. So if there's any information that you can't find there, you can always call our office, and Missy, our sports director, is happy to answer any questions.
1: So what do the opening ceremonies look like for the event?
6: Oh, we're so excited about the opening ceremonies. They're scheduled for June 15th. It's a Friday on the City Hall lawn in downtown Meridian, Mississippi. We'll have a big fireworks display, the Olympic-style parade of athletes, and we'll have some other exciting entertainment that we don't want to disclose just yet. You know, come down to the City Hall lawn. You'll really enjoy the show. We have live music by Keela Hudnell and there'll be a lot of food and drink out there. It's free admission. Just come out and enjoy a great show and celebrate all of our athletes.
1: Absolutely. So if anybody wants to get involved with the organization or volunteer, anything like that, how do they get in touch with you and, and the organization?
6: Okay, go to stategamesofms.org. You can download registration forms there. You can download volunteer forms, or you can give us a call at 1-800- Four eight two zero two zero five.
1: Excellent, and registration starts Monday for the events, right?
6: Uh, yeah, it's already open. You can get on there today and register. Oh,
1: okay, yes, gotcha. Mm-hmm. All right, excellent. Well, um, we really appreciate your time this morning, and, and thanks for coming Thank you on. For
6: taking time for me, yeah. Get registered for state games. We're looking forward to a great year.
1: Absolutely, it's a lot of fun. I know I've been um, uh, I loosely involved with the baseball a couple of times, and uh, that's yeah, that's where the. Where Liz made a joke about it it being friendly or not so friendly. I know that's (laughs) those baseball games can, uh, (laughs) you know. Well, I I guess anybody, most everybody has an experience uh, regarding uh, amateur baseball (laughs) at some point or another in their life. But thanks again for your time. We really do appreciate it.
6: Thank you so much, Jay.
1: All right. That's uh, Kralisha Giannakis. I think I got it right again. Man. All right, so that's awesome. Uh, and that information also will be on the episode page on our website, org, And go into Programs and find uh, MPB Season Pass. And uh, there you can find... Uh Audio on demand, archived audio of all of the shows that we've done. You can also subscribe to our podcast there so you can get it straight on your phone without even having to go there. You can also download the MPB public media app, which is a fantastic application for your phone. It is so intuitive and you can do just about anything with it involving MPB and uh, not just shilling uh, for the people who signed my check. Uh, It is really, really, it's a great app. It's what all radio apps should be like. Unfortunately, it's not. So we'll take a break before I get in any more trouble, and we'll be back for one more segment on MPB
0: Season Pass on Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Welcome back. This is MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with producer Liz Gill. I'm Jay White. Thank you so much for listening on this Thursday morning. Uh, The NFL draft is tonight, the first round anyway. I think the second and third rounds are tomorrow night, and then the last four rounds are Saturday. Throughout the day, it's a big TV event now. They're actually having it at um, AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, where the Cowboys play. They've got it. They've got a. They've cut the main arena in half, and it's theater-style seating on the floor. And then I don't know. It's, that stadium seats are like 110,000 people, so I, know, I guess they're expecting a crowd of like.
5: But that 50,000
1: to I've watch heard, a draft. I've
5: heard the jumbotron. Well, you know, it, if it were free admission. And I lived in the area, I would go just to see the stadium. Yeah. Because I think the stadium itself is an attraction.
1: It is. It's, it's, um, boy, it's a, it is a grand testament to excess, is what that thing is. But, uh, if it's your money, I guess you can do whatever you want to with it. Um, <laughs> I know when I took the tour, they were talking about all of the, different things that how much how many tons of this went into building and, and, and see uh, yeah. you took the tour well i did i took the tour i was in dallas to watch uh, the rangers play my favorite baseball team the oakland a's and uh, it's, it's it's those two stadiums are almost right on top of each other so we were like okay got some time to kill let's go look at this big stadium uh but yeah the that big tv screen you're talking about I can't remember exactly the dimensions, but I think it's something like uh, seventy-five or eighty yards wide. It, it I, I've just heard it is mind-boggling. It is. It's uh, it is massive. Uh, but if I was ever playing a game on the field, I'd just be worried about that thing falling.
5: Well, or if you time. were a kicker, have they have they hit it with the with the punts and the?
1: I don't know. I don't think so. That happened. I don't know. Within the last couple of years, at one of those stadiums. It might have been. I think. Yeah, actually, I think it was at that stadium. A punter hit it on purpose, basically. I think, <laughs> just to prove that he could. Uh, but yeah, so the the NFL draft is tonight, and we do have some prospects from um, um, the Mississippi schools. Um, these are the guys that were that were invited to the NFL Combine, which is basically like. Uh, a a pregame warm-up to the draft to let scouts look at players and see if they like them or not. Uh, Ole Miss, outside linebacker Marquise Haynes, defensive lineman Breland Speaks, uh, offensive lineman uh, a tackle, Rod Taylor, Jordan Wilkins, who's a running back for Ole Miss, were all invited to the combine. Uh, For Mississippi State, Martinez Rankin, an offensive tackle, and uh, Jordan Thomas, a tight end, were invited. And if you're wondering why um, more Ole Miss than State guys, it's because most... Uh, Mississippi State is bringing back almost everybody on their team. They didn't have a whole lot of guys graduate, uh, so uh, they didn't have a whole lot of seniors or exiting juniors to pick from uh, right there. Southern Miss, Corey Robertson, a wide receiver, was invited to the combine, and a guy who was not invited to the combo combine, <laughs> but who is going to be drafted is Ido Smith, uh, one of their all-time great running backs who had four excellent seasons, and I don't know why he wasn't invited to the combine, uh, but he had a great uh, senior bowl week, that's another it 's it's an all star bowl game that uh, goes down in mobile at the end kind of of the uh, college football regular season and uh, ito smith did play in that game and it's another chance for the scouts to be able to look at the players and kind of grade them and evaluate them and it's a week long of practice and drills and whatnot and then they play a game sort of kind of on saturday and uh, he showed out at uh, the senior bowl so he's going to get drafted there are a lot of guys that are really impressed with what he could do specifically with his size he's a smaller guy uh, good for him yeah in stature he's He's a smaller guy. He's built like a tree trunk, but um, he'll be a good pro. I think he'll make a, he'll make a really good running back for somebody. I'd love to see him maybe land with the Saints. So you just keep that black and gold gear. And uh, just travel south a little bit right there. Uh, So that's coming up tonight, and should be very interesting. The uh, perennially terrible Cleveland Browns currently hold the number one pick and the number four pick. My hubby's team, right? Um, And by
5: extension, mine.
1: (laughs) They have two of the top four picks in the draft, so it seems like at the very least they could grab at least one player that will help them going forward. Uh, But they seem to find a way to botch things, even if it looks impossible. Unbotchable.
5: I think uh, there's a Johnny Menzel-type quarterback that's floating out there.
1: Well, that's the thing. They they do need a quarterback, sort of, kind of. They traded for one, uh, the, the previous quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, Tyrod Taylor, uh, about a month or so ago. Uh, but there are five or six highly touted quarterbacks in uh, this year's draft five of them they think will go in the first round and there's a lot of clamoring for the second and third spots in between cleveland's two picks depending on what cleveland does with their first pick and then there's a running back from penn state named saquon barkley saquon barkley excuse me who uh, a lot of people think will be a difference maker for a long long time he's one of the best running backs to come out of college in a while uh and they could pick him they kind of already have a couple running backs that are decent but i don't know uh the thing is with the Browns they've been so bad and they've made, they've made so many mistakes You got to avoid like double and triple thinking yourself into a hole, right? Like you out out think yourself, your second, third, fourth and fifth guess yourself until at at some point you don't even know which way is up. It's a bless your heart kind of situation. (laughs) It really is. So we'll see what they do tonight. But there's other stuff going on um, this week in uh, Mississippi. Um, For example, you got to walk Mississippi in Tupelo. Folks are encouraged to put on your walking shoes and come help your friends and neighbors stamp out multiple sclerosis. The, uh, the MS Society provides resources, education, and support to people with MS and their families. Registration starts at 8 a.m. and the walk begins at 9 a.m. And that's all on Saturday. And, uh, okay, on Saturday. So that's cool. That's going on uh, in Tupelo. There is a uh, Relay for Life of Rankin County that's going on tomorrow, 6 p.m. to 11.30 p.m. at Winter's Circle Park in Flowood in Rankin County. The walk is a worldwide fundraising event for the American Cancer Society. It includes a survivor's reception at 5 p.m. That'll be awesome. Food vendors, live entertainment, uh, children's activities, games, and more. Uh, there's a, um, let's see here, there's a, a racing for donation 8K run walk that's Saturday uh, in Flowood 730 a.m. to noon at the Mississippi Oregon Recovery Agency or MORA as they're known the 7th Annual Race Benefiting MORA includes Celebration of Life Picnic that'll be awesome with free food health screenings door prizes a kids zone and music from Chris Gill and the Soul Shakers it's a good name and uh, much much more so that's just some of the stuff going on this week. All right. Um, thanks to our guests for coming on today. There's a lot of stuff that you can get involved with. Two of our three guests are putting on uh, great events that will be scattered all about Mississippi, and they're they're great things to be involved with. And um, uh, we really do appreciate their time. And then Jake Gibbs, an absolute legend. I mean, that's a bucket lister right there. I, I'm st- <laughs> I'm just still... It's insane. He
5: was great. to. I wish we could have aired the whole 50 minutes that we talked to him. <laughs>
1: yep. That's another one of those, like Lake Speed, a couple of weeks ago. We talked to this guy. We have had 15 minutes booked and talked to him for like 50. And uh, we'll try to get all of that audio up on our website, mpbonline.org. Stay tuned. Southern Remedy, Southern Remedy Kids and Teens with Dr. Jimmy Stewart is coming up next. And join us next Thursday at 10 for
0: MPB Season Pass on Think Radio. <laughs>